0: Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Avon. Welcome to Lost and Refound podcast. We're a podcast
1: discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within
0: our community. We hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's get started.
1: Hi, listeners. You're listening to Lost and Refound. You have the hosts, Yan and Yvonne. I'm Avon. Hi, Yan. Hi, Yvonne. Hi. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. A little tired, but, you know, hopefully I'll wake up by the end of this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you will. I feel like sometimes in the beginning, we feel like weathermen of our own of our own days. We're just like, oh, it's sunny outside or it's, you know, it's dark inside. <laughs> so we are so excited on this day to have one of our really good friends, Kim Jacobs here with us. And she is someone that we really worked with closely and we have just such a great conversation with her and we really want to introduce you guys to her because she has her own YouTube channel, Your Anxious BFF. Hi, Kim. Hello. I'm so excited to be
2: here. And Yan, probably my annoying high-pitched voice will get you up for the day. I am awake. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but I feel like I am I don't know if it's like an Asian thing or if you guys can relate, like my mom talks really loud and I feel like I got that like on Zoom calls. I'm like, yeah, no, for sure. Yep. And everyone's like, "Like <laughs> <laughs> we're talking normal. We're, we're good. So maybe, maybe my volume will <laughs> we'll kick it up.
1: <laughs> no, it's good. It's sometimes better to have... I think a good volume because then you speak more clearly and people can hear you better. So that's where like my mom really says she's, she yells with love. That's the reason why she's like, I want to make sure you hear my love. (laughs) Yeah.
2: She's getting the point across. Yeah. That's exactly right. Especially when it's like on speakerphone, at the grocery store. Obviously not now, COVID,
1: but you know, childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're no stranger to being on social media. You know, I know that you've created content for a lot of brands, including, you know, your your own company, not your own company, but your own brand right now. So I was wondering if you could give us like a little bit of intro on your anxious BFF and a little bit about what you do in your day-to-day. Yeah, absolutely. So your anxious BFF kind of came
2: about fairly recently because especially like with COVID, you know, I think we we all know what a what a tricky, <laughs> tricky time it's been. But actually I've always struggled with mental health. I've always had anxiety um and bouts of depression. But I think and it's definitely run in my family as well. And I don't know about both of you, but I think growing up, I don't know if it was the time or like a cultural thing or whatever, but mental health just like wasn't a thing we didn't talk about it it was like do what you got to do you're going to school so do your work and you know it's out of love and you know it's not coming from a bad place but also when you live a certain way for so long you don't identify like this is not normal to feel this way or i i don't even want to use the word normal but like something's going on here with me being up till 2 a.m. worrying about a homework assignment, or I just don't even want to get out of bed. But you live that way for so long, you don't understand that there's another way to live. Maybe that other people don't experience that, and that it's kind of just you. So, you know, you live that way. And I feel like it wasn't until very much into being an adult, like, late 20s that I started going to therapy, and it was just kind of out of cultural conversation, I think. I think in the last couple of years, mental health has been kind of rising more to the top. I feel like in the last couple of years, that mental health has become a bit more of a conversation, especially around depression and anxiety. I think other mental health issues like Bipolars is coming to mind, but I know there's a million more. I don't think those are being talked about as much, but with depression, anxiety, more so I think especially our generation, we're experiencing it much more, especially with like social media and all of that and the pressures in careers and family. I think because of that, I was more open to therapy, but not taking it serious. It was just like, oh, I'll go and I'll chat. And I would even find myself not lying to the therapist, but almost feeling like I had to be like, no, I'm good, or like, I'm actually fine. Like, oh yeah, I felt this way, but like, that's understandable. Like this person or my family's like this. So I I understand why that happened. And that's like not how you're supposed to do therapy. And I didn't know that at the time, but, (laughs) um, and so, I think with COVID happening, that was really my turning point with me getting to my lowest point with mental health, definitely with anxiety, depression. And it was lots of change, obviously for all of us, so many unknowns. And I think it amplified all the anxieties I already have and had feeling very lost just in life, in career. In passions, like feeling so lost, and that all being amplified and brought to the top. Then I had a big life change. You know, I got a new job, which I just want to preface I am so thankful for, and I realize is such a privilege. And I realize that, but I think with mental health, you know, logically, right? You know, logically, this is good. I'm very lucky. I have all these things, but when this anxiety, depression gets a hold of you, that is out the window. That is out the window. You cannot see through the fog. And I was crying every single day. This is not because of this job. It wasn't because of that. It was such a huge shift in my life that I think, I just felt like I couldn't deal. It. it I, it's even hard to explain. And I think those events just correlated. I don't even think it was like related. It was just in parallel to each other. I was, wouldn't wanna get out of bed. I wasn't myself. I was crying all the time, just like thinking the worst things about myself, about life. It was like a cycle where I was like, oh, I'm never gonna get out of this. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, all right so this is my life. And then that feeds into the cycle (laughs) Then that feeds into the, the cycle. And it's like, okay. All right. And so one day I was like, I need help. I need help right now because it was getting scary. It was, it was really scary. So I went back to my therapist and started seeing him every week, which again, I want to preface. I realized being able to go to a therapist is a privilege in and of itself. I started seeing my therapist and he was just like, you know, for now, we don't have to do this forever, but we can explore medication. There are things to help you. There are things to help. They can be temporary if you want. And then he was also giving me tools like breath work exercises. Let's try meditation. Let's try this, like for the different things. And of course it's a long process. It is not a one session and you're like a brand new person. No, no, no. So I went through all of that. And there's even more where like I had discovered I have ADHD and I got diagnosed with that. And that is a whole other thing that fed into anxiety, like from a kid to now. But so long story long, because that's how I like to tell stories. Uh, <laughs> all of that really contributed to your anxious BFF. And essentially your anxious BFF, I want to grow it into a community where Look, do we have all the answers? You're not coming here for advice or maybe advice, but not like scientific, therapeutic advice. You're coming here for support. You're coming here to be with people who understand you. We're not trying to diagnose you. We're not trying to tell you you need to do this because that worked for me because that's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's just a space where if you're going through it, come on over, because we are (laughs) too, we are going through it, and we're just going to talk about it. And sometimes that's just a men's sesh. Sometimes someone will share something that worked with them, and you feel compelled to try it. Or sometimes it's just talking about, oh my God, I love this thing, it just makes me happy. It's a lipstick, but I love it. And it makes me feel good. And you share that. Like, it it's just anything that makes you feel supported. It makes you feel good for anyone who deals with these things. And again, I know mental health is way bigger than anxiety and depression. And that is a whole other story. But yeah, so that's what I really want to just grow it to. Just a place where you can come where you're struggling and it's not just this place where you're like, okay, so I have to do this, this, and this. Oh, I'm not exercising. Okay, well, that's why I have anxiety. It's like, just come, just vent. You can get that advice anywhere else, <laughs> everywhere else. This is just a place for you to like feel supported.
0: Everything you just said, I mean, I just came out of depression. Um, Ivana having talking about it. We just recorded an episode about it. I'm gonna release it for next week. And everything you said was like you hit it on the nail, right? Depression is a very lonely disease. I think I put in an Instagram quote, like I put myself in solitary confinement. That's how it feels like. I want to tell people how I'm feeling, but I can't get the words out of my mouth. And there's also a layer of shame. Like you said, I have all of these things in my life. I have, I live in a house in a great area. I have had beautiful children. I have a supportive husband. I have a job that pays me way more than what, I, <laughs> what I'm doing. Why am I not happy? And that feeds into my depression even more in that, where is that gratitude? You know, why do I not feel this way? And then I start talking more negative noises to myself. You know, what is wrong with you? You know, why are you being so selfish? It got so bad to the point that my husband agreed that if I wanted to end my life, he gave me the permission, I wouldn't go without feeling like I'm dishonoring my family or leaving them behind. But that's how bad it got this time that he literally said, you know, I love you more than anything. But if you're going to be suffering like this, I don't want you to suffer. And like you said, every single day, I was crying, I cannot get my shit together, I cannot think clearly, and it took time to get out of it. And what I found was that got me out of it was speaking about it, And exactly like what you said, I don't want to hear people tell me when I'm in depression, you need to go take a breath, go do your meditation, go walk outside. I I know all of this. (laughs) I know all of this, you know, like anybody who's gone through depression, know all of this. I have a routine I need to follow. I know I have a plan I need to follow to get me out of it. But when you're in the depth of it, you cannot be bothered. I can barely think. The last thing I want to hear is how I should be living my life right now. It's like,
2: if I can get in the shower... If Mm -hmm. I could get, make it to the shower.
0: That's accomplishment.
2: That in and of itself. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to go take a jolly old walk out. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Getting out of bed was big enough for me today.
0: Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And what I want is exactly what you're providing right now. I want to listen to people who understand what I'm going through. I don't necessarily want to speak at this time, but I want to hear another voice saying, I know how you're feeling. You're not the only one feeling this way, you know? And sometimes when depression is really hard to find somebody like that. So like, I think, in my previous episode, I said, like, find somebody in your life who can understand who will lend you the year and just let you speak, you know, just word vomit, whatever you had to say, it doesn't have to make sense. But when you can speak about it, it's when you take the power back. And actually, you know, when my husband told me he gave me permission, that's when I think, that love from him kind of woke me up a little bit. I thought about it for a little bit. I was quiet and I said, I want to live. And I, when I said that, I got up and I took a shower. Because I haven't taken a shower in like a couple of days. So I got up and I took a shower. And that was a that was my accomplishment for that day. And since then, I've been taking every single like very, very slow every single day. I'm not putting a goal on myself. I'm not saying like today you had to do this. I'm literally saying today. If I have the energy, I'll do a meditation. If I have the energy, I'll go out for a walk. If I have the energy, I'll do a 30-minute workout in the morning. If I don't, I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to berate myself for it. I'm just going to let it be.
2: No, absolutely. And also exactly to your point about having support from, you know, whether it's your spouse or a friend or whatever, and also tying into what you said about like the shame Mm -hmm. that goes into it. It's like, I would even now, I think like, oh, my poor boyfriend, because he would look at me like, are you okay? Like, it's fine. I can only imagine how powerless he felt, but also it's like, he didn't understand. So it's tough because it's like, you know, the people in your life, they're like, just do this or like, it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. because they don't know how else especially if they have not been there, they don't know what else to do. Yes, yeah. them. They don't know yeah. what else to do.
0: They meanwhile, <laughs> but they don't know what they're saying is actually making it worse. And my husband the same way. You know, when we first married, my husband has never gone through depression. He actually, when we first met, like he he will always tell you like, I'm the one that helped him learn empathy and, and all of that. Because for him, he was very much like, like Asian man, you know, like don't think about emotions. Here's what I have to do. Um, and when he gets mad, he'll blow up because he did not know how to process emotions. And over through the years so we married for, you know, almost thirteen years, we've been together almost 16 years. And now, you know, he cries, he'll openly tell anybody. He loves them. And, you know, he's really, really acknowledging that side and he's coaching other people on how to be more emotional available. So now he understands. So now he doesn't say those things to me. But I remember in the beginning of our marriage, how hard that was, because just that misunderstanding of he would just say, what is wrong with you? Can I help you? Like, go outside, stop being in this bed, get up, do something. And everything he was saying to me was making me worse. And he didn't understand why.
2: Yeah. No, totally. And it like, of course, unintentionally from them, but it totally fuels that feeling of, well, geez, yeah, I am lazy because I don't want to go outside.
0: Right. There is something wrong with me.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, I haven't been outside for a week and I have no desire to like, I, I must be like this or like that. Again, it's like, logically, it's like your brain wants to think like, no, like you're going through it. Like it's fine, but it's just all so powerful and it just takes you to this very scary place. Yeah. And I think like in this past year, again, I've always had these feelings of anxiety and depression, but I think like, yeah, and I don't like, I don't know if it's if there was like a first time, but like, this was my first time of when it got so low mm-hmm. where I was like, oh this is bad this is scary this is not that baseline of anxiety depression i'm used to because i feel like there's that we all like some of us have a baseline where it's like this is my normal Mm -hmm. i can manage it i've lived with it for so long this is kind of what i'm doing and then because i got out of that it went lower than that normal i was like Mm -hmm. i need help
0: yeah (laughs) there's a baseline but i mean i have been dealing with depression i think i feel like most of my life i Tried to commit suicide when I was 15, I think I was 16. so I think that was my lowest point. Mm-hmm. This one I just went through was almost as close that one because I was like close to just saying fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. yeah I think that was holding me back was I have children and you know that's that's always in the back of my mind. I can't just leave them um but as early as I remember, I think I was like six or seven in elementary school or like first grade I remember cutting myself when I didn't know how to express how I felt. But that was my baseline. Like you said, I thought Mm -hmm. that was normal. And I think in my episode with Yvonne talking about my depression, I was saying, um, I was, I didn't realize that I had depression most of my life that I had anxiety in my mind like you said it was justified it was normal this is what I've always been doing my entire life you know I've always been told don't really think about emotions you know especially I mean I grew up in Shanghai for the first 11 years of my life in that culture is very much especially a woman right don't Mm -hmm. speak up do what you have to do do what you're told don't express your emotions so I was taught that way and I didn't know how to express my emotions so it was cutting myself or hurting myself to get that out of me but that to me was normal and last year i did a lot of work you know i had a very abusive stepdad that also fed into my depression my anxiety i was able to get rid of his voice that was constantly berating me you know in my adult life and i got rid of that voice but this year when i went to depression it was my own voice and that made me realize okay i have trauma i had did not address and I literally went through days and nights when I'm just thinking about every single memory. And I realized, oh, yeah, it's not normal to be cutting myself at six years old. You know, if my daughter did that, I'd be like, what is what wrong? are you doing? Would, yes. Finding every source to help her. But in my mind, it was that was normal.
2: What you just said, if my, like if my daughter did that, no, like this is not happening. We mm-hmm. are getting you to help. And it's like when you deal with mental health, it's like if my family or friends or anyone was going through that, I would be like, no, I want to support you. But it's like, when it's you, you can't even find the will to give any positive self-talk to yourself. It's just all negative. Yep. But it's like, I would never talk to yes. people I love like this. I, would, yes. ne- I ne- would never even think these negative thoughts about the people I love like this. Absolutely not. No. And if they ever had those thoughts, I would be on the phone with them, like, Mm -hmm. oh, of course my cute French pin that I had fell out, but okay, (laughs) anyways, Um, but it's like, if they even hinted that they felt these things about themselves, it's like, no, 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 Mm -mm. I'm here to support you, what do you need, there's no, like, you are not this person, you're amazing, blah, 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 but it's like, when it's, you're in your own head, mm -mm, good luck, Yeah. you Mm know, no one can penetrate that. Yep. Yeah.
1: And for me, like when I'm in those levels, it feels like I'm on autopilot and the positive self-talk is not a part of my autopilot <laughs> programming. I don't know why I'm not there yet, but that's the reason why, like, and those thoughts that you keep repeating they're on repeat and they get louder and louder and louder. And soon that's that's all you hear. Even if like, you know, Melinka Mal- he comes and says, like, I love you, I love you so much. I don't hear that. That's very low. <laughs> I am I'm in a noise canceling room <laughs> with these thoughts. So I definitely think that what you guys are expressing is is so valid and true. And I think that to be able to hear that and validate that it gives you this sense of almost relief that, for me, at least it's relief. I'm like, wow, okay, like you guys just spoke so beautifully about the words and the feelings I could never express. And I think that for me, I I had a similar issue when I first started seeing a therapist was I didn't know how to express my feelings because I didn't have the words. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening inside my body. And, and what was happening now, I, I think I can speak a little bit more clearly. And now with those transitions, be able to implement a lot of these practices that my therapist is teaching me and I can get to that level. But uh, sometimes it's tough because I always have to, I sometimes I ask my therapist, "Do you, what do you do in this situation? Do you also have these thoughts? I, I'm like, I just wanna know that it works.
2: <laughs> like, it's so. like, what's a case study here that what you're right. telling me to do is like, giving good
1: benefits. <laughs> Right, because sometimes I'm like, you know, is my therapist? Different? I don't know. Like, how can she talk and communicate, but then not? You know, how does she see that this works as an experimentation? Am I the experiment? I don't know. So that kind of goes into my thoughts as well when I'm thinking about my therapist. And I love her. I love her to pieces. And she definitely knows me very well at this point. But uh, I do sometimes I have some doubts when she gives me some advice. <laughs> no, and I think that's totally normal. And also, one thing
2: for any listeners who maybe are interested in finding a therapist or, you know, they're just in the beginning of their search, maybe they just saw one. Finding a therapist is like dating. Mm -hmm. Chances are you're not going to see the first therapist and be like, wow, they get me. I vibe with them. Their energy is good. Yep. I found my therapist. This is perfect. No. Chances are, you're gonna see a therapist, and you're ain't gonna feel super weird and weirded out, and you're gonna be like, mm, "Hated that, hated that whole thing." I would say, and I don't know if either of you have different kind of ideas about this, but I would say give it like two, maybe three tries, and then if it's still not a fit, which you'll know, you'll feel, if it's not a fit, go to the next one go to the next one because therapists are ultimately just people. At the end of the day, we don't vibe with every person we meet every single day. And especially the person who's going to know our deepest, darkest secrets and give us advice on how to break out of that generational childhood trauma that has been (laughs) instilled in us. It's going to take a second to find that right person that you're going to vibe with. So I just say that because I feel like people could get discouraged very easily, especially when they have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So just give it a couple tries. You'll find the right one. It just might take a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's normal to feel awkward in that first session. No, it doesn't matter how many therapists you have seen that first session is going to be awkward. It's like an interview. It's like the first time you go on a date, like a um, a blind date, You're just like, you know, interviewing each other. And I think Part of what Yvonne said about not being able to open up, I've thought about this a lot of times about my first therapy experience. Same thing. I sat there and was like, what am I supposed to say? I had so many feelings. I didn't know. I couldn't pinpoint what was really bothering me. And I was wondering, like, one, like you said, was it a generation that we grew up in? The time when we grew up in mental health was not something people talked about, especially in Asian family. Even now, mental health is not talked about in Asian families. In Asia, people are dropping dead from stress and mental health is not being talked about. And we were taught not to express ourselves. So I always wonder, is it because we're Asian women and also feel like women, Some people might come at me for this, but I feel like women can suffer in silence a lot longer than men can suffer in silence. So is it that we are Asian, we are women, you know, we grew up in the times. I wonder, you know, somebody who is Gen Z and who is white, would they have an easier time of speaking? I feel like they do because the Gen Zs that I talk to, they're like, let me tell you how I feel before I even ask you how you feel. Which, but I love the oversharing. I do. I, do. I have, it gives me so much more hope for my own children because they're a lot more open to tell me how they're feeling versus I was scared to tell my parents how I was feeling because I, but I did tell them they either won't believe me or they laugh at me or they just brush it off.
2: Yeah. And it's like when I think about, cause so I'm half, so my mom is Korean and my dad was white and my dad actually committed suicide when I was 15. And so mental health issues, very prominent with him. but. I think for both me and my mom, a I was I was young, so what do I know? I know the feelings I'm having, but I don't know where they're coming from. Again, we think they're normal. And my mom, it's like exactly the same thing. It's the Asian culture. I don't even know if they can identify. They're just like we're not talking. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. My mom,
0: they can we can talk about. Right. They, and they would change the subject right away and or just be like we're not talking about this. Like yeah.
2: And, and so it's like, you know, that happened. And so me and my mom only had each other and it, it still kind of went unspoken. It's funny, like when you become an adult, you recognize that your parents are also just people who are just figuring out what the fuck is going on, just yeah. like you're figuring out what the fuck is going on. And I think it just went unspoken because I don't think my mom could I don't think she could navigate it either and again I know we're we're saying like our experience because we are (laughs) Asian and I'm sure this is in other cultures too but it's like she was just very strong like exterior strong yep and still is to this day but I can only imagine what was happening inside and so how could that not be a carbon copy of me Yes. Mm, Yep. How could that not rub off on me Mm -hmm. as a kid? For some reason, I don't know if this is like how I cope with that trauma or whatever it was, but I almost like compartmentalized that moment in my life. And I was like, oh, well, that was a very sad moment. Like, of course, like I lost my dad. It's very sad. And, but I almost like compartmentalized it like his depression, like, but that's not me Mm -hmm. that, but that doesn't affect me. And of course you don't know any better. Like at that age, you, you really just don't know any better. right? But then it's like, mm, no, you've actually had these feelings for a very, very, very long time. Again, it's generational. It happened from traumatic experience. Like it's so many things, so many factors that go into it. It's not just, oh, I have this due, I'm getting anxiety. It's a million things. It could be from your family, from things that happened chemicals in your body like it's so many things and I think it's so funny and what you say about women being able to you know really like it's it's not something that like we should be proud, proud of you shouldn't
0: be proud of it
2: no and and it, it's just but it's like yeah like we are freaking strong like yeah we're very strong but it's also like I don't know I feel like women we have this idea like we got to get it done we are the organizers we're the planners We are the ones who keep things going. Things wouldn't happen without us. People are depending on us, relying on us. Um, And we also put this immense pressure on ourselves to make sure these things are done. And so when we can't fulfill those things, that just piles back on the anxiety and the depression. It's like, I can't even do what I'm supposed to do.
0: Yeah. It's the narrative that we keep telling ourselves, right? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean... I remember when I was younger, you know, I always hear your mom was such a strong woman, you know, and she really is. And I say all the time, I'm not my mom. I have a lot of her traits, but I cannot imagine the amount of trauma and pain she went through, but she never talked about it, you know? So growing up, I never thought about her pain. I only thought of my own pain because to me she was a strong woman she never showed that emotional side of her but how could she have not felt something you know she left me when i was two in china that must be really hard i can't imagine leaving my children you know to go to a different country she came here with 60 dollars did not speak any language uh, the language did not have a work permit and put herself through master's degree and she went through three divorces like all of this is a lot of trauma that she never spoke about in fact, I'm still trying to get her on the podcast to speak, to speak about it. And so in my head, it was always, okay, my mom's a strong woman. I need to be more like her, right? I need to be that busy woman that, I mean, she worked a lot for my sake, you know, and I really only saw her on the weekends. And on the weekend, all I did see her was clean and cook an entire week's meal for my dad and I, because she won't see me for next week because she works like a, a different schedule than, than our regular schedule. So in my head, that was my goal. That's who I needed to be. You know, if I'm not that person, then I'm just not good enough. And I have felt my entire life, I'm not good enough because I cannot measure up to that. I mean, that is crazy amount of determination and just her work ethic. I cannot compare to that. So that does affect me, but that affects my narrative in my head. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with my husband. I was saying, oh, next week, my schedule is really busy. You know, I'm going to have a lot. I need reading to manage my time. And he's like, what about your rest? I was like, I'll rest, but I just need to make sure I do all these things. And he's like, who is telling you to do all of these things? You know, he's like, who's telling you you have to edit podcasts on these days? You have to do all your recipes on these days. Who's telling you 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 have to post a recipe every single day on Instagram? You know, he's like, these are all narratives within your own head. You're telling yourself you don't do these things. You're not going to be good enough. He's like, I will never say these things to you because I don't think about that. You know, and he used to be a CEO of three companies, and he's like, if I was tired, he will take a nap at 2 p.m. Yeah. he's tired, and he's like, you know, where I'm like running hacker, and he's like, you never take a nap because I feel like number one, I don't deserve a nap because I have all of these other things I have to do, and if I don't do them, then I am not good enough, you know. And so this narrative of we need to be strong, we need to always carry the load, we are not the head of the house, but we carry the household, and that that is a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves no
2: totally and it's so it's so crazy like literally these like societal like norms for women also like i think i mentioned a little earlier about four months ago i was diagnosed with adhd inattentive and first off me adhd i could sit on the couch hours (laughs) i will not move an inch so i was like this like really doesn't make sense but Long story short, you know, ADHD inattentive is a sector of ADHD that's actually, it's more mental. It's your ability to concentrate and focus. So the reason I bring that up is because that I've had these traits my entire life that I had no idea, no parent, teacher, anyone was like, maybe we should talk to someone because the symptoms are, or the traits are you are usually very messy because it's really difficult for you to either focus long enough to organize and clean. You're either constantly getting distracted or it'll get too overwhelming. Like you'll see a space and you're just like, you cannot even deal. Mm -hmm. So you'll avoid it. Yep. And as a woman, what are we supposed to we're supposed to keep it clean. We're supposed to keep it tidy. We're supposed to be like the interior decorators, like making everything look cute. If someone comes unannounced, someone knocks in the door, they didn't call, the house should be ready. You should mm-hmm. let them in. I was the friend who's like, you're not coming. You, you can't go in my room. Because A, you can't see the floor and I'm not trying to clean it before you get here. So <laughs> no, mm you can't come in this house. <laughs>
0: hi guys i'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about anchor anchor is brought to you by spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer it will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like apple Podcasts, spotify and many more Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode.
2: And also it's like, you struggle, you can't, it's really difficult for you to remember days and dates and appointments. It's very easy for you to forget them. As women, we're supposed to be, what are we doing this weekend? We have this going on. All right, I have to make time out. Oh, you know, I have to set some more time aside because I have to get a gift for that person because it's their birthday. It's, their, oh, I remember It's their. I will never remember a birthday. I barely remember my own birthday. If I don't write down an appointment within the first like 30 seconds, whoops, Same. I <laughs> probably will not show up. I think Let's we listen. all have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> You're describing me. <laughs> all those traits were big factors of my anxiety mm-hmm. and origins of my anxiety. Not only was I anxious that I wasn't doing these things, I was getting anxious because why are these things so hard for me? Mm -hmm. Yep. But my friend, she remembers my birthday every single year, sends me a card, sends me a gift. We could talk, not talk for six months. She'll send me a text, a card, a gift, this, that. How come that person, they have a bullet journal, organized planner, it's color coded and they do this and that and they, and it's so fun for them. And I'm like, that is literally my worst nightmare. Why is it so easy? I don't understand. Then it's like, what's wrong with me? I guess I'm just lazy. I must be lazy. I must be like a space cake. Like all these things literally feed into this like negative talk, which makes your anxiety and depression bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause it's like, "Mm, yeah, that's another thing I'll never be. I don't know what it is. And it, it just spirals bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. ADHD in women usually goes unnoticed well into adulthood because what are we supposed to do? We need to do all these things. So we just cope. Exactly. And you better figure it out because that's what you're supposed to do. So
0: Do you know how many times I have bought cute planner with like different color pens so I can write like all those great notes of my to-do list and all that stuff? I've done it so many times and I probably do it like two days and then never First off,
2: where is that planner? I don't know. I don't know where it is. I do not know. And it's like, we've probably solely funded the planner industry because we try. I'm telling you people, we try.
0: But the things, I do need a plan. I need like a list to do, but... It's all over the house. It's not like on the on the planner. It's not on one piece of paper. It's literally like in ten different pieces of paper in five different rooms. (laughs) I'll be walking around the house, be like, oh yeah, I have to do this. (laughs) Oh exactly. But it better be in
2: a place that you could see it because if it's somewhere. Oh, it's out of sight, out of my, I mm-hmm. I wrote it down. And if I put it in a drawer or something, I already forgot. Yeah. I already forgot that I wrote that down and that that happened. Mm-hmm.
0: And how many times have you like, I need to put this somewhere safe so I can always find it and I put it in a special place and I never find it again until I move. And I'm like, that's where it is. And then it was like, well, do I even need this thing? Because I forgot this existed. <laughs> I
2: forgot this was even a thing on this earth. And it's in a drawer and I forgot.
0: Whoops. Yep. I don't.
2: I don't know like it's crazy, but it's like these gender roles are supposed to be the ones to do all these things to plan to be organized to be clean. And it's like when you can't live up to that and you just like you said it when you feel like you can't live up to like how strong you know our, our parents where our, our mom is or so and so your self worth just goes. <laughs> lower and lower and lower which feeds into the depression, which feeds into the, which it's, it's this vicious circle. And it's like, sometimes you can't catch yourself. You just start, wake up and you're in it and you're like, oh, whoops, okay, here we go. I'm spiraling already. And yeah, no, it's, it's a ride.
0: And I don't know about you, but I don't always notice when I'm spiraling. It's only when I hit the rock bottom, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I have been spiraling for months now, and I did not like. I'm so disconnected with myself that I did not even notice until the voices got so bad, where I'm literally just want to kill myself.
2: It and it's like you. It's almost like you kind of wake up and you're like, "Oh, this is not yeah, mm-hmm. 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 yeah." yeah.
1: For me I just kind of black out in those days where I don't know I I see myself cooking but I'm not cooking. I'm not being right. present. I'm because yeah. I'm thinking about other things and I'm thinking certainly about my fears for the future for sure. Um but it's it's crazy to think that I can see myself even getting sad but I cannot stop it. I can't press pause. I can just watch it happen from this outer body experience.
2: No totally and I will have experiences also super similar to that. Or even sometimes like I'll notice that all these negative thoughts I had throughout the week, they like are in this big ball and they like manifest. They become, it's almost like they just like hit me like Mm -hmm. all at once. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I am a piece of shit. Okay. Um, you know, and it just like hits you so hard. Yeah. And it's like, if you even have like the will to look back throughout the week or look back at, okay, what's going on? It's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it
1: was that kind of week, yep. Mm-hmm. Cause you're I, using it as like evidence for saying like, this is why like I am the way I am. And you're like, instead of thinking, that like, oh, these are just individual thoughts. I made this mistake that one day it's not going to happen again. You're thinking, well, this is always going to happen. This is like, this is why I should never do this again and or never speak out aloud. Like this is why I can't do presentations. I should never send emails. And then oh, that's what I do. Um, and I'm constantly like tracking the satisfaction of checking these boxes in myself to be like, yep, this is why I'm programmed the way I am. and then it leaves me feeling just, yeah, hopeless. And then I then to my answer, when people ask me like, how I'm doing, I'm like, I'm terrible. They're like, oh, well, like, what can I do to fix it? I'm like, no, this is just the way I am. I just yeah, feel terrible like all the time inside. <laughs> And it like is shocking to people that don't really understand like what we're going through because then they're like thinking, oh well, like how terrible can terrible be? Like how can Mm -hmm. how can you know it must be something? There must be something you can do. I'm like no, like this there's there's nothing actually. There's nothing I can just I just go about my day being terrible. (laughs) Like it's so practical like to think that way. It's in my mind when I'm in that way. So
2: yeah, and everyone
1: experiences these things every so often,
2: right? I'm sure everyone has their bouts of like, oh my gosh, I have anxiety because I don't know, X, Y, Z, whatever. But I think that line is, is it a constant? Are you having these constant feelings? Is it getting to the point where it's like almost irrational? There's a difference when it's like situational and then when it's a constant and it's all you know. In your life. It is literally a constant. And I would never want to take away anyone's experience, even if it is situational, because that is still scary. That is still not a good experience. Everyone has these like pressures and societal pressures, gender pressure, all of these. So if anyone deals with it situationally, that is still awful and scary. There's just other people who that is like we were talking about before, that is there baseline. That's the base. Mm -hmm. And it only goes down. (laughs) It only goes down. You don't see an uptick in that graph. Okay. (laughs) The only uptick is to go back to the baseline. (laughs) It's like, and also for anyone who does get help or whatever route you take, if it works for you, that's fine. If it's medication, like I right now in my life am relying on medication. Sometimes that's the only thing that will help. Do that thing. Again, if I don't want it to be like drugs and alcohol, but it's like, if it's like prescribed by a doctor and that is just what you need at that moment to help you, do that thing. Mm-hmm. If you are like really against medication, because I know there are people out there who like really, really against it. A, don't knock anyone for being on medication and vice versa and just do what you need to do. Do what helps you. Everyone is different. Everyone handles things differently. Everyone handles medication, maybe it just does not sit right with you, makes you feel this, that, whatever, just do what works for you. Cause I feel like that's another thing. It's like the pressure of like, should I get a medication? Should I not get a medication? Oh my God, this, that, this person meditates every day, does yoga, it works for them, this person, blah, blah, blah you need to focus on yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You're not fixing everybody else. You got to fix you, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in a, you know, in a controlled way, of course. But yeah, that's another thing. I feel like there's also this like stigma around that, which I think is being broken up a little bit more. Like I think cause more people are talking about it. It's being more normalized again, especially for anxiety, depression, that conversation is going. So, which I'm, thankful for it. It's amazing, but yeah, you just got to do what works, what's right for you.
1: Um, I think, and that's so beautifully said, especially because all of us, you know, are in the beauty industry, You came from the beauty industry with all the products, all the news, and just all the conversation being the complete opposite of what we're, what we're trying to handle is I think just another issue in itself and something that I, I struggle with every day because I'm thinking, well, you know, how you know if someone uses this product, like will they actually feel the way they want to feel? And being very sensitive to that, thinking like, you know, am I even doing like now I'm doing my life wrong. <laughs> now I'm doing my job wrong and I'm not living my purpose. <laughs> so it's I, I think that even, you know, you you being in on social media like in content now and giving this type of advice and giving people these safe spaces, it's just what's needed. And I'm so grateful for that.
2: Um, oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm still
2: working on it working on building it but yeah the the goal is to like really just build it so it can again just be a place where it's like we're here to support each other I don't need to tell you to go outside I don't need to tell you to exercise you can get that somewhere else that's not that's not what this is yeah because I know I don't want to hear it
0: Yeah, Yeah, I don't. And and we just need to be stopped being so hard on ourselves. Because honestly, the way we are living right now, is not the natural way of living. And I feel like our lifestyle is really also what's feeding into this anxiety and this this, this depression. We're spending more and more time Working online, especially now during a pandemic where everybody's working from home, there's no more like nine to five. There was no nine to five to start out with, especially if you're in a tech industry or working e commerce. Oh. But especially during a pandemic, now that you're home all the time, it's like you can start working as early as 6 a.m., you know, and you can work through the night if you want to because you're just in front of the computer. And companies start to expect that from you. Whether we want to go outside or not, we're not getting enough vitamin D, you know, we're not eating the right, the right nutrition, we're not sleeping enough, you know, and we have all of these pressures, especially living in the Bay Area or living in California, how expensive everything is just you're constantly worried and stressed. This is not normal. You know, so a lot of us, we also we can't be so hard on ourselves. This, this is not how I think personally, this is not how humans are supposed to live.
2: No, no, absolutely not. And we're just in a time where like, None of us have lived. Mm-hmm. Anyone on this earth, you have not lived this situation. So just take care of yourself. Yeah.
0: And on top of that, we have social media media. So we're always under a microscope. Everybody has a cell phone. Be careful what you say, be careful what you do, whether you're in the house or outside. So it's a lot of stress. And another thing I want to point out is just like I think all three of us, I think we have high functioning anxiety and depression, which means people Won't be able to tell. I was surprised actually when I found out you suffer from Kim, you suffer from depression or anxiety because the only Kim I've known is this bubbly personality. Like, I remember every month when you do the all hands to going over next month's products, it's like my favorite meeting of the month. I laugh my ass off the entire (laughs) time because you're so hilarious. I've never thought in my head oh, Kim must suffer anxiety or depression, right? I feel like you'd be the opposite of that. That's why I feel like people need to understand if someone says they're going to, to do depression and you don't perceive that person as, as that way, that does not mean that they're not actually going through depression because it's really easy to act, especially I feel like as, as women being taught to put on a face, especially being Asian, right? You always yep. have showing your best face, don't lose face in front of others, right? So we are taught to act a certain way. People tell my husband all the time, oh, your wife is so confident. And he will laugh because he's like, you're the, the least confident person I know in this world. He's like, I'm still trying to work on your confidence. But I put on an act. That's not reflect how I feel on the inside. So, you know, just be empathetic. Lend a year. Don't tell them to cheer up, you know. Or <laughs> don't yes, be sad. Yeah, just let them <laughs> speak. Let them be, but let them know that you know, if you if they need you are shoulder they can cry on, they can speak to, they can lean on. Mm-hmm. And that person doesn't need to understand. Exactly.
2: They just need to be able to listen. Exactly. Like we're if we need someone to talk to, we're not expecting you to be like, yes, I mm-hmm, I felt that. We don't care about that. We don't expect you to understand because sometimes we don't even understand what is happening. Mm-hmm. We just need to say words and you just to listen and that's it. It's not, I'm talking to you about this because I feel like you will understand my feelings on this. Like, no, just listen to me and that's it. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, we don't need you to understand what we're going through. Cause sometimes we, we don't even fucking understand. <laughs> right. we, we don't understand it. We just need to speak words and that's it. <laughs> right. Right.
1: And, and for me, like what's on my heart right now, I really want to kind of go back and talk about work triggers because sometimes like in a certain work day, I'll notice like there's certain triggers that just push me back down past the baseline. Um, and for example, uh, last year, after we launched like a really big brand, we had to present, but we were only told that we had to present literally 6 p.m. on a Friday and our presentations at 10 a.m. on Monday that freaks me out. And that triggered me that first time I got that experience. I, and you know, you get immediately tagged in all these documents. You have this giant to-do list that, and I'm a list person. So I do like my list and I do like checking off my boxes. I finished my list at 2 PM that day. And to get more at 6 PM, I shattered, I called like everyone, no one picked up. Okay. First of all, so that was also just very, very traumatizing for me. And I know, and my, obviously my friends, I, I love them, but like, it, at that time like you know when i had gotten that like obviously like everyone was off and it was i didn't know what to do and i spiraled that whole weekend and i was still spiraling like at 9 a.m that morning and thankfully like one of my friends eventually did pick up and i walked and like i was hyperventilating at that point and i was like, i can't do this presentation and she goes like okay like she like walked me through a breath and i couldn't even speak i was crying so much and then i made it through i made it through the presentation eventually but that trigger happened actually last Friday again. We're like forced to now present. For, and I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. It's it's hap- like my nightmare actually is mm. coming true. And so when you go through those sessions and even just after all the work I thought I did, I'm like, it's like, it's back. Like, why is this? Like, why? I think there like, will
0: just always be triggers in life to where we, that's why I feel like I need I need a plan. I need a management plan where when something like this, a trigger comes up, I need to figure out how, like, what's my action plan? Like, how do I... Bring that triggering emotion down because this literally happened to me last week. I think I told you, I think Thursday I was like I'm having a really shitty day because same thing 10 minutes before uh, a meeting my manager emailed me and sees the entire team can you present like something uh, update from your, uh, your team in 10 minutes and I'm not that person. Anytime I do presentations for me is one of my biggest fears. I need a lot of time to prepare. I need to make sure my information is correct. Otherwise I stutter my way through the entire thing and no one understands. I don't even understand what I'm trying to say. So that immediately triggered me and I meant to email her and I ended up responding to the entire team. And I said, please don't email me 10 minutes before and ask me to, <laughs> to, to present like, and, and please don't, don't CC the entire team. And I CC the entire team too. I know, and I felt so bad afterwards. I apologized to her. I was like, oh my God, like, honestly, like, that's not, this is not who I am. You know, I'm not a mean person, but triggers will make me do things where, you know, I, I don't mean to do that, but I did it because I literally, I just like blacked out for that second. And that's just what my body did without me even realizing it. And then I end up feeling shitty the whole rest of the day. And I, I still feel shitty now. And like impact, you know, my mindset impacts how I, you know, how I feel physically, emotionally. So We need a plan for those triggers. I don't have a plan yet, obviously, because I'm still getting triggers and doing things I regret immediately. I don't know. Kim, do you have any like what how do you manage those triggering emotions? I think that's so
2: tough because it's like some I guess it depends like where you work. But I think predominantly at work, you're sometimes they just don't see you
1: as a human being they don't see you as a person you're a worker that's the worst because then they're saying well I don't understand why you're freaking out like I mean obviously when I told my manager she's like oh well that's your job that just sent me into I mean after I hung up that phone that sent me into another route and I'm sorry if that triggered anyone here but it is I'm 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 like why? like why like I'm then that just ans- I had no questions to answer and answer myself at that point but yeah Yeah, it's just like
2: we're still human beings some of us have like yeah like you said you don't like public speaking so you need time to like get yourself together because that is a human thing you're you're human that's what you need yep because what i need may be different than what you need and what you bought it's different but it's like in this like corporate structure or like in this like working world, they're not thinking about what you need. No, no, no. <laughs> they're thinking about what they need to get that check. Yeah. So it's just so easy for that to be just glossed over. And I don't even have the answer to how to navigate that. Cause I just go into a panic. I just go into panic mode. I have to grab like a propranolol, whatever the hell it's called, to relax my heart. That's just exactly what it is. It's a trigger. It's a trigger. Yeah.
0: And you become highly irrational.
2: Because your mind goes here, there, everywhere. And it's yeah. like, my mind's already doing that. <laughs> now this is just amplifying it. Okay, great. Thank you. And now, you, oh, now you want me to talk in front of people? Oh, right? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. In what? 10
1: minutes? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My meds may or may not kick in by then, but okay. <laughs> if you if i needed anything more to kind of tell my imposter syndrome right to so like kick in that's where that's why i love that video so much because i'm like kim that's exactly what i say in my head like you tricked him off like Bye. You can't do this. Bye. Like, oh my gosh. We are
2: like Oscar winners. Like I am an Oscar winning actress. Like you thought I could do this job. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Then maybe I should be on TV and in movies because like I really tricked you into believing that like I am a skilled qualified person to act out on these job responsibilities. And that's just like another thing that fuels all of this the imposter syndrome. But again, who wants to talk openly that,
1: oh yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? Who wants to say that? Not me. Or like having to explain your your job and being like, "Oh, yeah, I actually had no idea how I did that." Like you're you're saying that that was a good job. I don't know how I did that." So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who wants to admit that?
2: No one. Again, it's that like you're in silence and you're just percolating on it, which makes it worse. But you don't want to you don't want to say it. You don't want to tell anybody cuz Oh, my God. What if they're like, yeah, I can tell. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, my gosh. But, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> but it's like that's where your mind goes.
0: That's, 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 where, that's you... where my mind is. My my entire life has been fake it till you make it, but I never feel like I make it. I'm
2: always thinking it. You're almost just like, how did I get here? <laughs> like, how? But it's almost like this block. Like, I can never accept. Like, oh, yeah, I did X, Y, Z. And I'm here, I can never. Maybe they were just like feeling good that day and they wanted to, you make up any heinous reason in your mind to take away from you, to take away from your accomplishments, to take away from your smarts, to take away from all of that. But that for me is the natural thing to do. Mm -hmm. The natural thing for me to do is to be like, oh, well, like, I worked with this person on that project, so I actually, like, I didn't, I didn't do that. Yeah. Like, Mm. oh, it was a group thing, so I, that's not ownable for me. Yeah. Or, yeah, I know I did it, but, like, I didn't know what I was doing, so I can't, I don't own that, because I, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. That's why year-end revaluations are always so hard for me, because I'm always, like, well. no, they're like, "What did you achieve?" Well, I didn't achieve anything on my own. Of course, I didn't. It's a teamwork. We work for a team. <laughs> it's not. It's never one individual. But for me, it's like, okay, well, you know, I only did this much, so I don't, you know, I I must not have done that well.
2: Or you've done something, but you are like, oh, but it was just that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I can't I just, take credit for the whole thing. I only did this this part. No matter yeah. how important it is, but I just did this piece.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I I just did like this thing it was on it's like it was it's seriously it just made a million dollars no it's it's just like it's really nothing like it's um no it's i'm i won't even put it on my review or whatever the hell because it it was so small yeah it was so small yeah and it's like why 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 do we do that but again the lot sure your logical side is like girl put everything you did on there you read your email, put it on the review, (laughs) your emails, you got out of bed. Yes. You made it to work. But it's like, instead, it's like literally the polar opposite where it's like during reviews and stuff, I'm literally like, I don't even know what to put on here. Mm -hmm. I don't feel accomplished. I don't feel like I contributed anything positive. I don't feel like I contributed anything. Mm That's the norm, or it should be like, yeah, I did that, mm-hmm. and I did a little bit of that too, mm-hmm. and I did this, and I did that. That's how it should be. But instead, it's like, no, it's so small.
1: Or I didn't. Oh, I didn't know. And and just again, every all those thoughts so true for me. And that at the end of the day, you know, when you don't have a strong end of the year review, like you know, then it kind of spirals because then I'm like, oh well, I didn't get the promotion I thought I deserved. At the same time, or like because I wish someone had told me and recognized all that within me outside of myself. Like, you know, like I think Yan and I were speaking like just uh, previously about how I wish my managers just knew like how much that was. And he was the one that like said like all these things and was to tell me. And for me not even to recognize that for myself, it's just, um, it's a sad truth. It's a sad truth that I just have to continue working on for for me. Totally. Yeah. And thank you so much for explaining that so beautifully. I know that it's such a it's such a difficult topic to just be really sensitive about and and talk about. But I think you do so, so well. And I know that I've personally shared your channel to many people. Uh, One of my favorite videos is not only the imposter syndrome video, but um, your favorite things. And I have personally bought the sleep headband that you shared on Amazon because that did help me sleep. And that oh, was they're super- the best. They, I mean, like I didn't realize how much I needed a sleep headband, because it comes with headphones. I'm like, that's insane, and <laughs> it does make me feel comfortable. I, I think I need something maybe on my head. Maybe that's what it is. I just like having feeling totally trapped and enclosed. Um, but uh, but uh, that that nice uh, warm headband, plus those headphones playing soothing music, it it does it does really help me. So I really want to thank you for sharing your knowledge, and sharing your insights with us.
2: Oh no, thank you so much for having me on and I I appreciate you both so much for letting me tell my little story and share my little Your anxious BFF and. I promise it is growing it's it's getting there, but yeah the goal is to make it, you know, a big community, so thank you both so much and I love what both of you're doing so so much. You know, I love you both already, but I'm so, so proud of you guys and so thankful to be here. And also, I think just to, to preface all of this, you know, we've talked about obviously like our experiences, everyone's experience is different and comes from different places. And so that is totally valid in and of itself too. I think sometimes these things get talked in such a specific way, like, we feel this when this happens or we feel this when this happens. And just because a lot of people relate to that doesn't mean that because other people feel different things that it's not valid or, oh, that's not considered anxiety. That's not anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's not what the majority of people think. Like, doesn't mean that everyone's experience is personal. And also like, I can't express enough. If you need help, get help. Don't let the stigma therapy or whatever Block you from talking to someone, or even just leaning on a friend. Talk to someone.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. We love you and we support you, and your whole channel. And we would you be able to tell our audience where they can find you and reach out to you? Yes,
2: no, definitely. So you can find me on YouTube, so you're Anxious BFF, and then you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok, literally the same name.
1: Um, Yeah, you can find me on there. Come say hi. (laughs) Hey! <laughs> thank you so much and i love the name your anxious bff mm-hmm. is just exactly yep. what i need a bff like that so <laughs> that is exactly who i yeah who who you expressed to me and i think that's exactly what i need at this time so thank you so much kim we're so you both are the best thank you so much <laughs> for
2: having me on love you both dearly love what you're doing thank you happy you too thanks
0: kim thanks Bye. for listening
1: guys
2: <laughs>
0: Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.